Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy's with us in studio today, uh, finally able to bring you the, the somewhat delayed conversation around moving companies and what we have the right to expect from them in terms of looking after our belongings. Uh, we're also going to talk about an identity fraud case involving a cell phone account, and I hope make time for some open line calls as well. The number to dial if you want to join those conversations, 021-446-0567, or you can send a voice note to 072-567-1567. Welcome back, Wendy. Hi, Pippa. Good to be here. There are some people who have the experience of living their entire life in one house, Wendy, but for most of us, at least once in our life, we're going to have to pack up everything we own and move it from one place to another. And most of us would hire a removal company to help us with that. And when we sign that contract, we trust that they will look after our things while they're in transit because that's what we're paying them for. But the trip doesn't always go as smoothly as that, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, I did a a big move, um, interprovincial move, uh, a few years ago, and I'm happy to say that it went absolutely lickety spit. Nothing, not not a scuff on anything on time. Exactly what I expected. I did do my homework um, with regards to the company because I hadn't moved for 23 years. So I, I walked my talk on that one. So it is possible to do such a, a big move, you know, household contents, and, and have, have not a single thing. Yeah. Go wrong. I can hear people thinking, yes, but it's you. No, because I got lots of, <laughs> I got lots of recommendations, um, from that company about that company that were just the same. So, um, the thing is, um, the, the big question that all of this leads to is can a removals company deliver your furniture, um, to you with goods missing, broken, gouged, or totally smashed and then deny all responsibility? Well, Clearly not, according to the absolute uh, the, the um, Consumer Protection Act. But in reality, with these companies, that's exactly what happens. And well, I, I would say often, yeah. but you know, my viewpoint is skewed by the fact that I don't hear about all the good news, all the things that went absolutely you hear right. The horror stories, I hear yeah. the horror stories. So, so here's what the CPA states: Suppliers are required to exercise the degree of care, diligence, and skill as can be expected from a person responsible for managing any property belonging to another. And if they don't, they are responsible for any resultant loss or damage of a client's goods. It's very unequivocal. It says nothing about insurance. The consumer is obliged to take out insurance. The supplier is obliged to take out insurance. That is a complete side issue, but it comes up over and over again. You'll recall with um, any case that it involves um, you know, a dealership having a car in for service and it being stolen or damaged by the wash bay driver who didn't have a, dri- a license. Or yeah. There has to be a degree of negligence involved, right? So, um, however, um, the, the South African uh, Professional Movers Association, the PMA, told me the last time I investigated such a case, and it was for this show in 2019, Pippa. Okay, yeah. Um, I was told it's common practice locally and internationally for removal companies to move possessions at the owner's own risk. There is no such thing in the Consumer Protection Act, which takes precedence over any terms and conditions which any company or industry seeks to impose on a consumer. Okay. Um, 
the PMA went on. It's up to consumers to make sure that they insure their goods during transit. There are imminent risks in moving house which are brought to the client's attention. If you had to pick up a chair, carry it through five doorways, through the garden and front gate, into a truck, transport 300 kilometers over pothole-ridden roads, and then carry the chair to its final destination, this translates into a risk factor. Oof. Do me a favor. I find that so problematic. So do I. If somebody had paid me to pick up that chair and do all of that, I'd be damn sure I did it carefully. And also, if it's at the at the owner's um, risk, there is no reason to hire professionals to train them. You just throw the lot in the truck, hope for the best. best. If yeah. it all goes wrong on the way, well, sorry, we told you to insure your stuff. It's absolutely ludicrous. But sometimes industries have these blind spots, these yeah. complete, you know, CPA. Um, non-transgressing, yeah. yes, and 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 so it goes. Um, the same organisation, the Professional Movers Association, said if a porter carrying a box accidentally trips over a pebble on the path, that cannot be negligence. Therefore, insurance is offered for the unforeseen and imminent risks associated. Well, that's not going to wash, as we say. And as you said, if the CPA obliges the company to exercise that degree of care, diligence, and, and skill. skill, surely that applies regardless of whether the client took out insurance or not. Yes. Um, the PMA says negligence must be proven, but in a lot of the cases that come to me, there's clearly negligence. So okay. um, the question is, of course, how do you prove that the table leg snapped off as a result of negligence, failure to pad and secure it properly in the van, for example, uh, rather than something accidental? In some cases, it's not possible. In other cases, yes, because you, you, you should actually look at while your stuff is being loaded that it's properly wrapped. You should... You, you know, should be checking. You should be really on it. Yeah. Okay. And Wendy, sadly, as you said at the start, there's no shortage of case studies to illustrate this particular difficulty. And uh, we've got well two from our Cape Talk listeners as well as a, a recent ombud ruling. Should we start with the ombud? Okay, they published an, an, the outcome of a case in which a removals company contracted to move household contents from Joburg to Cape Town dropped and broke a porcelain, porcelain table stand and then ignored the owner's complaints. The ombud said, while we acknowledge that it would be wise to insure your goods as the supplier is only liable if they failed to handle the goods with care, diligence and skill, dropping the consumer's goods cannot be considered reasonable. Now, let's remember those words when we get to, to our case yes. studies. Okay, so that's the view of the Consumer Goods and Services Ombud, which then, okay, let's just, we'll start by revisiting that previous case you've already mentioned, Wendy, uh, because it ties so directly to the one we're talking about that came in more recently. So this takes us back to May 2019, and you may well remember the segment. We shared the story of Helen Brandon Bicknell, who had moved from East London to Cape Town that previous year and contracted Stutterford Van Lines to move her household goods for her. And among the items they were transporting was her absolute prize possession a, a baby grand piano mm. Wendy just remind us what went wrong okay so the Helen arranged for the company to wrap and create the piano and it went into storage for six months before being delivered to her Cape Town home in November of 2018 but it was not delivered in the state in which it left her home in East London she said something very heavy must have been dropped on the fascia board causing a huge gouge and breaking the frame of the piano along with the related oh, keyboard and keys um, she, a piano expert gave her a written report state, stating that in his 50 years in the industry, he had never encountered such a badly damaged piano. His restoration quote was about 37,000 rand. He said, it's obvious to me that whoever handled this piano had no knowledge of what they were doing. Grand pianos should, should only ever be stored on their side. So 
you can, it's clear negligence there from a professional. That's a professional third, uh, neutral perspective. Neutral yeah. perspective, yeah. yeah. So out of it, Van, Line, Van Lines denied all responsibility for the damaged piano because Helen had not taken out their insurance. So she asked me to investigate. Um, so I took up her case with the Laser Transport Group, which trades as Studdiford Van Lines. Okay. It stated that based on, this was my initial response, based on the protection of personal information, Poppy Act, they are, quote, not at liberty to divulge any information regarding our client or this case to any third party. So I'm having this. That was the first time I had that. And since I'm having a, a number of other companies have used that as a, a we won't talk to you excuse not, not to engage yeah. with it. Okay. Yes. Um, so Poppy does not apply to the processing of personal information solely for journalistic purposes, and the information regulator has con- regulator rather has confirmed this, as has the SA National Editors really? Forum. When I took it up with them recently, because I can see this becoming a trend. Okay, it's especially ridiculous to hold up the Poppy card when a consumer expressly in writing requests a journalist to investigate their personal issue having got nowhere with the company. Yeah, because they've, they've, they've come to you saying, please take all of my personal information yes. I'm giving you and, and they've given it to, it to me. to the bottom of it. Yeah. That's what I paid everything. Okay, so just to establish that it's absolutely above board for you to be doing that and that's been confirmed so that is not an excuse they can hide behind uh, in the in the end. What what happened with Helen's case? Okay, the so they we reflected everything we've, we've said here, reflected that response Um but behind the scenes, the company then agreed to make an ex gratia payment to Helen for the full amount of the repair, and they also compensated her for some missing boxes. A few boxes okay. went completely missing. So she was compensated yes. for that horrendous damage in the end. It ended well for her. But now, just in the last month, we've received a very similar complaint from our listener, Howard Crennan, telling us about his very similar experience using Stutterford's van lines to move from Parkhurst in Joburg here to Cape Town over the New Year's period. Um, Wendy, before we speak to Howard, do you want to just summarize for us what sure. happened? Sure. He told us that um, all went very well during the packing up in Johannesburg. It was actually full of praise for how it was handled on that side, which okay. I think is very important to state. Yeah. So he he was full of confidence. He didn't have any um, worries. He wasn't anxious. But the delivery to his home in Cape Town was absolutely disastrous with many goods being damaged. Key among them, and here is the tie-in with Helen's case, the beautifully restored and recently restored um 1957 Steinway piano, oh. which he got, which was children who were both gifted pianists. Um, it was actually, but in this case, there was no doubt as to what happened. It was dropped off the truck and onto the driveway of their new Cape Town home. Oh, this is in early January this year. Witnessed by Howard's wife, Sharon, whose name the contract with Stutterford Van Lines was actually in, along with the family's domestic worker and neighbors. Okay. So there's no question that it Absolutely. was, it was damaged. Dropped. By the company by dropping it out of the van as yes. they were removing it. Yes. Okay, with multiple witnesses to that fact. Important to know that. Okay, we've got Howard on the line to take up the story here. Howard, I'm so sorry that you had this terrible experience, but thank you for sharing it with us today and welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Papa, and thank you so much, Wendy, for taking this case. Sure, um, I mean, and airing it. Okay. Now, important, as Wendy said, that your initial experience with the packing up of your goods in Joburg was, was really excellent, wasn't it? It was superb. So the, the salesman who came to see us saw us uh, probably three or four occasions, made sure that all of our uh, issues were met, and he assured us of their professionalism, which he absolutely carried out with the movers in Johannesburg. They wrapped everything. They carried everything with extreme caution, specifically boxing, crating the piano as is, 
uh, the, the requirement for moving a piano. Everything was loaded on without even so much as a stumble on a pebble, as, as you put it earlier. Everything was put in the truck and good to go to Cape Town, and they left on the 31st of December. Wow, New okay. Year's Eve. So came delivery day um, a few days later, um, and things very quickly turned nightmarish for you, Howard. Um, you weren't there at the time, but please talk us through what your wife witnessed along with not only what happened to the piano, but with other items that um, between the truck and the inside of your home, um, things didn't go smoothly. Well, to start, so the, the truck, when arriving, uh, had to do a U-turn at the top of the street and managed to uh, run over my neighbor's garden, whom I hadn't, in fact, met yet. Oh, great um, the, front, the front, you mean on the verge, all the plantings there? Yes, yes, on their, their garden on the street in a right. most beautiful home. Um, destroyed the, the garden itself and also managed to knock down several branches of a massive tree that was on the pavement. Um, they then managed to pull up in front of the house and start their process of offloading. Doing that, they pulled the piano off the truck, took it out of the crate and dropped it straight on the driveway. So it didn't so have the my, protection of the crate any longer. It was just no, but it, it had been decrated as such, and okay. it was literally dropped on the driveway. Um, as you have seen, there are several pictures showing the, the damage. Yeah. That was the first issue. The second with the issue started straight away with all other large items that, that weren't in a, a cardboard box. All of them got damaged in some way. Um, my almost brand new Weber Bry was smashed into the door frame of the front door, uh, disconnecting all the cables and buckling the machine, rendering it unable to use. We had bought a whole slew of brand new appliances for the move, and it was articulated to Alec in Johannesburg that we're buying brand new stuff to move down, but we're not moving all of our stuff. So all of our used furniture, etc., we'd given away to various people, family members, etc., so everything that we had was either brand new or close to it or those items which had sentimental value, which the piano was very much one of them. They proceeded to damage almost everything that was had to be carried by more than one person at a time. Our artworks, the frames was, were, were damaged and dented. Uh, our huge uh, double-door smeg fridge, which cost, I don't know, 35,000 rand or something like that, that was smashed into... Uh, the frame going into the kitchen, denting both uh, the freezer doors. Oh. So this whole debacle, I obviously, I was, as you've mentioned, I was uh, not in Cape Town at the time. And one of the reasons why I wasn't is because I was so confident that the move would take place absolutely smoothly without me being there. Uh, I had another uh, engagement that I had to be at. So I then phoned Alec, who was absolutely appalled and in fact thought I was joking because... Um, I tend to have that kind of sense of humor. So the issue, though, is that I wasn't joking, which he quickly found out. And he got onto the telephone to the manager of Cape Town, the manager of Joburg, and he said to me, how this is absolutely unacceptable. In all his years, this has never happened at Stutterford, etc." And I specifically said, Alex, everything that you guys did in Joburg was perfect. But the exact antithesis happened in Cape Town. Everything that could have been damaged was damaged. So Stutterford uh, came forward and said to me, look, we'll, we'll uh, recreate the piano, take it uh, to Johannesburg, get it repaired, 
etc., etc. And I said, well, you know, hold your horses on that. There are a whole lot of items that have to be catalogued that are also damaged. I then got a call the next day saying, we have a truck going to Johannesburg. We will take the piano to uh, the recommended repair agent, absolutely free of charge. Um, and you can carry on cataloging in the meantime, which is exactly what I agreed to do. So the quote had to go to Johann- the, the piano had to go to Johannesburg because those are the only recognized agents for repair in the country. Okay. They then assessed the piano and found that, in fact, fortunately could be repaired um, and sent me a quote, which I sent off to Stutterford, along with a quote of all damaged goods. Uh, from my attorney to Stutterford's articulating and cataloging all of them. And how much was it, Howard? Uh, the total damage came to about some 200,000, 210,000 rand. Wow. In terms of replacing goods. Remember that they were all new or new-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there was uh, no response immediately to that letter. The piano was then in Cape Town, and I had obviously accepted the quote to go ahead. You mean in, so in Johannesburg? In Johannesburg, correct, yep. sorry. Because my kids were both uh, in the middle of doing piano exams, etc., and obviously needed to practice and couldn't be in a, in a position where they didn't have a piano. So that go-ahead was given by me straight away. Thinking, okay. of course, that ha- Stutterfords would, would pick up the ball for everything because there was just gross negligence all over the place. Witnessed. It wasn't one item or two items yeah. or three items. As I said, it was everything that had to be carried by more than one person. Okay, Howard, we're going to pause it there to go to news. Please stay with us on the line because we're kind of going to come back after the news headlines uh, to pick up the story. So we leave it with uh, Stutterford's van lines having effectively accepted responsibility for the piano, taken it away to be repaired, and Howard's quote for all the other damages sitting with the company as supplied by his attorney. We'll tell you what happened next. Let's get back to the conversation around moving catastrophes. Before the news, we heard from Howard, whose move from Joburg to Cape Town had started so well, super impressed with the performance of Stutterford Van Lines in Johannesburg as they packed up his household contents. Sadly, the same cannot be said of what happened on the other end with uh, multiple um, appliances damaged and a piano, a very valuable and sentimentally valuable piano, dropped and seriously damaged in in the, the unpacking. So before the news, Howard was telling us that uh, Stutterford took the piano back, transported it up to Joburg for the repairs, and he'd also sent them... Um, uh, a, a reckoning of all the other things that had been broken, a list put together by his attorney. Howard, thanks for, for being so patient and waiting for us. So how did they respond to, to that other list that you supplied? So once the piano is in Johannesburg being repaired, they handed it off to their loss adjuster, who then sent a letter saying, because we had uh, signed the contract, my wife in fact had signed the contract, saying uh, that we would get our own insurance, etc. They have no liability for negligence whatsoever. And uh, if we were to take it further, they would strenuously defend that legally. Okay, that, so that, that was, was a bit of an about turn. Yeah. Absolutely. So I heard nothing further from any uh, actual employee of the laser group, but their outsourced loss adjuster. Um, that was all we heard. I then had a chat to my attorney and said to me, look, you know, 220,000 rand is a lot of money, but you're probably going to end up spending 60 to 80,000 rand on legal fees. Uh, and then you can lose and it can, you can be responsible for their costs, etc. because ultimately this is 
they are treating it as a matter of law and not a matter of protecting their brand and as they should be protecting their brand in order to have future customers. Yeah. yeah, although in terms of the Consumer Protection Act, I don't see how such a case with all those witnesses to everything could be went disputed. wrong could be disputed. Yeah. But, but that's now that we, we, we can't go down that road because it didn't happen. What happened was you came to me, right, Howard? Well, actually, no, I came to 702 first and uh, <laughs> to, try, to try and get hold of you specifically because you aren't that easy to get hold of. Oh, uh, yes, then, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Consumer so, at nola.co.za. I, I then actually got hold of Pippa, sent her an email after a conversation, uh, and then uh, to my uh, great glee and joy, you joined the conversation. Okay. So Wendy joined the conversation and took this case up with Laser Transport. And just to, to clarify for you again, Laser Transport trade as Stutterford's van lines, if anybody's confused by that. So, Wendy, you not only took up the case, you did it forearmed this time with a power of attorney signed by Howard giving permission for you to take up this case because you knew that they were going to try and hide behind the poppy excuse that they used last time. So that was put aside. Yes. Um, And um, uh, tell us a little bit about what you you put to them. Okay, so I pointed out the relevant section of the CPA, which we've discussed here. Basically, if you don't take the requisite um, diligence, care and skill, uh, with somebody else's um, possessions, you are responsible for you know, making good. Yeah. Um, I said, as I've just said here on air, that insurance is a side issue. A company cannot legally refuse to take responsibility for failing to take professional care of a client's goods on the basis that the client failed to take out insurance. And it cannot, you cannot point to your terms and conditions as a company uh, because you may not contract outside of the law. The CPA takes precedence. I said, um, if the company did not believe it was responsible for the damage caused to the piano when it was dropped by its workers, why was the piano then transported back to Joburg at no cost uh, to the Quenins, only for the company to then say that it denies any liability, having supposedly indemnified itself out of any obligation to its client? Um, so I said, you know, in the end, it cost... Um, I'm hoping Howard, correct me here, 30,000 Rand to have the piano repaired by authorized Steinway repairers uh, and delivered back to That's Cape Town. Yeah. Okay. So I said, why not, you know, at least the offer to repair the piano, as was done in Helen's case? Um, and. Um, so, okay, so that's what you put to them. And then um, there is one other point that you asked them about around the specific timing of Howard's experience yes. happening in the new year. And Howard, um, I'm, I'm going to bring you back in on this one because this is a very interesting additional sort of um, piece of info to the story. You were chatting to the foreman on site in Cape Town about the, what, all the things that were going wrong at this delivery. And about, I believe the foreman said to you, it's actually not that unusual for this to happen at this time of year. Won't you explain to us what he told you? Quite right. So the foreman who arrived uh, was in fact a driver from Johannesburg. Um, and they probably sent him because he knew exactly what he was doing. And I think he worked, worked for the company for many years. Um, he then called me while they were busy uplifting the piano because uh, I was in another room to say, do I know about all this damage around the piano? And I explained to him, yes, it was when Stadifords delivered this uh, on the 3rd of January of this year that they dropped the piano in the driveway and caused all of this damage, and this is why Stutterfords are taking it back to Johannesburg to be repaired. He said to me, it's not unusual for this to happen, because at that time of the year, they don't often use the trained Stutterfords employees, because they are often away. 
annual and leave, they, Christmas leave. Yeah, and so they use other people who clearly didn't know what they were doing, which is evidence from all of the damage that was caused, other than an individual carrying one box. Okay, now when do you put that uh, to, to I did, uh, I to asked them. him to comment what on that, because that's our duty as journalists to get, to get their response. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, <laughs> I initially contacted the company in late June. I went to the same person that I, that I took up Helen's case with. Um, they asked for 15 days to discuss the issue with the relevant branch. Um, we gave them that time. That was the delay. Yes, um, I remember that. We said had, we were going to do it. Yes. And then... I hadn't given them very much time to respond because, as I said to them, the whole issue had been ventilated, investigated. It had been thrashed out by both attorneys on both sides. There was nothing. It wasn't a, like a full investigation had needed to, to happen, happen from yeah. that point. Anyway, I said, yes, fine, okay. Followed up 15 days later, which was last Wednesday or Thursday. Um, the response I got was, our insurer is handling this matter and advised that they would make contact. I have copied in parties related for feedback. They might have contacted our client directly await response. Well, Howard hadn't heard a thing at that point. Monday this week, I got an email from the loss adjuster who says that uh, they were appointed rather by the insurers of laser transport, bearing in mind that, la- that to this whole thing, insurers, whether they like it or not, when it comes to the CPA, that's a side issue, the insurance. Yeah, yeah. Um, my instructions are to make contact with Mr. Quinnan's attorneys to discuss the matter. As far as I'm aware, they have not withdrawn from this matter and are still representing Mr. Quinnan. So I went back to laser transport to say, please, I've raised a query with you. Could you please respond? And I got, you surely cannot expect us to respond. Being fully aware of the ongoing legal case, we have no comment. Our attorneys are dealing with the matter at this stage, and we hope you will respect our rights as well. I've been trying to respect uh, them and my job. Right yes. Yeah. Yeah. Going the extra mile. Um, okay. Of so, course, I have to re- yeah. reiterate here, the legal case had actually stalled. Both sides had had their say, and that was that, and that that's why Howard nowhere. came to the media to try and Take it further. Yes. Okay. So, Howard, let's, let's go back to you. Given that clearly they didn't want to engage with us, can you fill us in on what's happened, if anything, um, in, in their communication with you? Ha- has, has there been any progress? So, there's been no direct communication with me whatsoever. However, there has been communication between the loss adjuster representing Laser Group and my attorney. And uh, as early as Monday, they sent an email to the attorney saying, uh, we'd like to make an, um, without prejudice, non-acceptance of guilt, um, non-responsibility of anything, offer to your client uh, for the amount of 30,000 rand. No, so just the piano repair. Yeah. Well, so the, the loss adjuster failed to actually even read the quote because on the uh, letter that she sent to the attorney, she said, um, we are happy to make you the offer of 30,000 rand However, we will not uh, deduct from the quote the transport charges, etc. Now, she didn't obviously actually open it up and read it because the transport charges were only one way. Yeah. Because the, ta- the piano was so badly damaged, I was quite happy for Stutterbirds because what more damage could they do? I was quite happy for them to take it back to Johannesburg to get repaired. But I was not happy to let them bring it back. Uh, to Cape Town, even if uh, it was at no charge. So we used a specialist piano company who only transports pianos to and from wherever. And part of that quote was the transport back to Cape Town, which she failed to uh, read. So she was trying to be magnanimous, saying that they'll offer me 30,000 rand, but obviously everything else, including 
a do not talk to the media anymore, etc., was part of that offer. Which I was anticipating. Okay, so the gag yes. offer and the, the repair for the, the piano and only the piano and none of the other goods that were damaged. Now, Howard, obviously you've chosen not to accept that because you're on air talking to us on Cape Talk and uh, clearly decided that the gag order was not going to c- cut it for you. Uh, um, do you want to maybe just elaborate on why you feel so strongly about that, besides the fact that you feel they should be making good on the damage they do? I know you feel that really that this is a kind of a public interest scenario, isn't it? Absolutely. So I'm prepared to wax lyrical for hours, but you're going to interrupt me with the news and other stories. <laughs> yes. The bottom line on this is that the laser group are acting completely in bad faith, in my opinion, because they are trying to shut me up from something they are clearly, clearly understanding of their negligence. Because if it was just the piano and nothing else, then maybe, you know, that was an accident or whatever. But the fact that it was every item larger than one person could carry that was damaged, they are fully aware of the extent of negligence that they have protracted on me. Now, they, they, they've responded to this with an absolute lack of care. I would imagine that at absolute worst, the MD would have phoned me up and said, listen, Howard, I'm terribly sorry. You know, this is what's happened, etc. Let's come to an amicable understanding um, because that's what people are supposed to do and how they're supposed to treat each other. I was their client. I am no more and I shall never be again. What I need to do is make sure that this goes viral on 702 and the, the power of Prime Media, on media print, etc. And I want to push this to the, to the furthest possible end. And the main reason for that is, you know, somebody's moving from one place to another. What happens if it's a family that literally have to budget to their last cent to get their goods from Joburg safely to Cape Town. There's no way in hell that they can ever afford to take on the Laser Group legally. And Laser Group well knows this. Now, if we are prepared to stand by and let people, companies like this bully individual, where does it stop? Now, the main reason for this for being on the show and, and turning down their 30,000 Rand offer um, on, on a 200 and something thousand Rand claim is that I do not want this experience to happen to anybody else, especially somebody who maybe can't afford to make any response whatsoever to these people. So, my, my, I thank you both for taking the time and ventilating this on air. But even more important, we can't stop here. This cannot happen to, to people. And they cannot be treated in this way because this is pure and utter negligence, pure and simple. Howard Crennan, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. I'm really sorry for what you've been through and described to us today, but thank you very much for sharing the story with us on air today. Um, Wendy, I mean, just in, in, in wrapping up, obviously, so Howard has turned down the offer. We, we will see if there are any further developments from here and keep our listeners posted. But what sort of takeaway advice for our listeners? Okay, so there was one issue, and we've said goodbye to Howard, um, that I, I needed to go back to him. I said, Do you, did you have your own insurance since they were making yeah. such a big deal about insurance? He said, yes, I did. But I spoke to my broker and it covered the transit. Once it got to our place, not anymore. And once, you know, so the damage has happened carrying into the house. And I was like, are you sure? That doesn't sound right because you want it to be from the moment they, they pick it up to the moment they put it down again yes. in your home. And he said to get back to him. So I'm sorry I didn't canvas that. But as I said, that is a side issue to this whole thing. But I would say um, certainly, um, 
you know, given that so many removal companies and even the association, Professional Movers Association says it's at your own risk, sort your own insurance out, I would say that if you are going to do a move, um, given the status quo, that you do make sure you are insured. And I would certainly insure um, uh, with my own company um, that you have a relationship with. Read the terms and conditions and the exclusions very carefully. Um, there is a complaint on Hello Peter um, lodged against Sutterford Van Lines on the 1st of July when somebody did take the insurance, but they said that the amount that they were paying out was ridiculous, 100 rand for a drill and, and that sort of thing and yeah. individual plates rather than the whole set because the whole set wasn't broken but how do you then replace a set when you've got you Seven know, it just said it wasn't yeah. it yeah. wasn't worthwhile, so, th- so I would say that is, that is number one Actually, number one is choosing widely. Do your research. Talk to people who've recently moved. Go and look on complaints websites and that kind of thing. Um, and um, if you do take out a company, a removal company's insurance, bear in mind the small print. One of the small print things is that they don't cover any boxes you packed yourself. Contacts, uh, contents packed by the owner are deemed not to have been packed by a professional and the contents of a sealed box is also not known and therefore the company cannot take responsibility. So obviously you're going to seal your box. So everything in your boxes, even if you take their insurances, you don't, you aren't covered. They can drop the box according to the, to the um, PMA. They can drop the box. Sorry for you. One tip I do want to share is if you are going to pack your own crockery, pack them the plates on the sides, not flat down, because they will break so much easier if they're flat. Much harder to break if they're resting on a small on surface rather room. than a big one. Okay. So that's what I've learned from yes, doing yeah. these things. Um, and then know what you're dealing with. Check the registration company of the company, VAT registration, and get a physical address of where their trucks are parked. That's for that's very basic advice because there are a lot of complete scams out there that just won't arrive to protect your uh, collect your stuff at all. Sure. So, Okay. Yeah, a big topic and one that we are clearly going to revisit from time to time because um, these practices are not are, are absolutely are, right. Yep, yeah, thank are. you very much, and thank you again to Howard for airing a very important issue. Yeah, so several immediate responses to that. Ryan on Twitter just disgusted with how the case has been handled, and Wesley saying thank you to Howard for being prepared to share it on air to warn others of what can go wrong. Um, yeah, thank you for that feedback, and uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted if there are any developments uh, on that case. Wendy, just before. Before we wrap up the show this afternoon, there was another listener story this week that had a happy ending um, at the end of it. And it's, it's, it's an issue we've spoken about before, but there's a particularly interesting sort of element to this one. We're talking about identity fraud cases and the subject we've spoken about before of somebody opening up um, a fraudulent cell phone account in somebody else's using, misusing somebody else's identity. Yes, so it's happened to a lot of people. Um, MTN fraud specifically, I seem to get more cases about that network than the others. But um, she uh, she found out about this when she tried to um, um, open an account um, or to buy something on credit, which is a horrible way to find out um, that this has happened. You should be regularly checking your uh, your credit records. But yeah, an, an account was opened at MTN using her identity. She discovered um, this, uh, as I say, um, later, but an amount of 1,423 rand was debited from her bank account. She reported it, submitted all the documents as requested by MTN and thought that was the end of it. But when trying to buy a laptop, as I say, a, a week later, uh, she, her application was rejected on the grounds that she was blacklisted. Sorry, that confused her with another case. She saw the debit, that's how she knew, and then yeah. she thought it was sorted out and only to find out not. 
Um, she said she was told to contact, um, to report this to MTN's fraud line. And this is something that they've given me time and time again when I've said, how can people report this? 083135. But. Oh. <laughs> oh, as one who has spent many hours on hold on that number, Wendy, yeah. I know where this is going. So, well, <laughs> she's not a customer, you see. She's yeah. a victim of fraud. So once you get to, onto the automated platform, what they want is your um, MTN number. And she didn't have an MTN number. An MTN she doesn't know what number yeah. the fraud, the fraudster got. And um, so that's why she had to come and get help from us. So I took it up and Jackie O'Sullivan, who is the executive for corporate affairs at MT in South Africa, said we've investigated. We have established the account in question was indeed open fraudulently. Our customer relations rep has been liaising with our customer to resolve. Well, the customer. She's actually not a customer. The consumer, I think yeah, it would be best yeah. to say, to resolve the matter. We could also confirm that the fraudulent line has been cancelled and an urgent request has been sent to the credit bureaus to remove uh, Eunice's payment profile and flag the matter as fraud. Um, they'll be sending her the, the fraud confirmation letter and wrap it all up, in other words, and then apologized. So I got back to say, but there's nothing in there about the fraud reporting process and the fact that Oath 83135 um, is useless to somebody who is not an MTN client, and, you know, i.e. Um, Can't a fraud victim. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've gone back. I've just checked. Um, and unfortunately, they haven't come back to me on that. So I'm going to have to. I think it's very much worth repeating uh, next week's show, given unfortunately how rough this is, yeah. they, I think they really must yeah. come up with something that actually works, and I will share that when I get it. Okay, so Eunice at least is having her money refunded and her credit profile officially cleared and is being supplied with the documentation to, to confirm to show, that yes. in case of any future hiccups which they pick up on it, which always might well are. be here. Yeah. Okay, so to be continued. Uh, right, let's just close with a couple of messages coming in from people who sadly have had very similar experiences to what Howard had. Um, here's a WhatsApp saying, this happened to me with my move from Pretoria to Cape Town. I got reputable movers as we have a lot of antiques. The agent came and quoted only to realize on moving day um, that they had contracted out to another that's, moving company. That's common as well and okay. not okay. Well, if it is, they take complete responsibility. But, I mean, you haven't had a chance to research that company. And check that they are yes. reputable. Yeah. Yes. So in this case, the antiques are so damaged and a oh. chest broken, an antique lamp removed from its wrapping, the wires cut and the glass gone. They just said they're antiques, so we're not responsible for the damage. Oh, my goodness. I don't have the finance to restore it, and um, they were too sentimental to give away. The damage was over 35000 a good tip is to take um, pictures of all your stuff, detailed ones, because that, I've had this where they say, oh, they're old antiques, they were marked. Whatever. No, just because they're antique, we, we, we accept those things, but fresh gouging and, and things is clearly not okay. But protect yourself with photographs. So okay, thanks. that's a really good idea. I should so have mentioned that earlier. each item as, yes. it's, as it's packed. Okay. And then here's another example. Somebody saying, I used a removal company many years ago who assured me that their van is closed. The day of another the move, one. it was raining. Mm -hmm. The removal van was rusted. The floor of the van was wet with rain seeping in. My lamp boxes and furniture all got wet. I've had many of those as well. It's all, it's, as I say, I only hear the horror, horror stories. There are obviously many moves that go off without a hitch. Mine um, being one of those cases, yeah. happily. But um, you do really need to, to choose carefully and protect yourself all along the way. And Wendy, thanks for those bits of uh, practical advice on, on steps you can take to guard against this kind of thing. I know that this segment will be shared on the Cape Talk Facebook page and website, and uh, I'm betting it's going to be one of those articles yep. that gets passed along because of people's prior experience. Uh, just in closing, a reminder that if you want to get in touch with Wendy, it's very easy to do so via her email address, consumer 
at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. We do ask, please, please put the words Cape Talk in the subject line. Put a word or two describing the nature of the problem. So, in for example, how it could have gone Cape Talk damaged by movers, uh, just to help us identify the nature of the query. And then really important, put all of the relevant information and all reference numbers and dates and cell phone numbers, if relevant, etc., into one single email. Um, can't begin to describe to you how frustrating it is when somebody says, I'll forward you the email correspondence and all the invoices. Yeah. And we've then got to piece together nine or ten separate emails that don't always come in together yeah. and get I think, lost. I think what some people think is, I don't want to go to all this trouble if she's not going to take up my case. But then you've got the consumer goods and services on board. You've got um, murder industry on board or other avenues. And they require you to document it as well. So just document it. It's such a good habit to get into um, f- to protect yourself and, be, and, and, and increase your chances of getting help if you can't sort it out yourself. So documentation is really worth the effort. Thanks for that, Wendy. And thanks for all the cases you take up on behalf of our listeners. We'll chat again next week, Wednesday.